Oh yeah. I love that horn. I don't think, I mean, I hope we never kill that horn. Um, maybe adapt the song a bit, but love that horn. Welcome everybody to the Zach Dressler show. Thank you for joining. I appreciate it. Uh, please smash that subscribe button. Smash it. Hit that alert, that little bell. Hit it. Uh, and also subscribe to the audio portions of this. It's on Spotify, on on, on iTunes, Apple, Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcast, uh, your mom's local AM FM radio dial. Hit it up. I'm sure it's there. I don't know. Maybe it's not. But uh, thank you for joining. If you want, uh, also you can check us out on tzds.tv and tzds.gay and it's it's great you're you're uh you really you really nailed it i'm 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 flowing right now and uh i i hope we just started this a couple podcasts ago uh leave us a voicemail we have a number you can call it's um 405-655-8937 which is 405-655-tzds ah see what we did there do you, see, do you guys get it? Yeah. Do you guys get it? I still have to remember it. It's on my phone that I had to look at. But I, do you get what we just did? It's well, well, maybe young people don't even know that that's a thing because, like, who calls numbers anymore? No one calls you know? numbers anymore. I, people I, text each other. Yeah, it's kind of like a, it's a throwback to kind of do the uh, the, the yeah. acronym of the show in the uh, in the number. But please call four zero five six five five TZDS four zero five six five five eight nine three seven. Please, nobody has message. left a message Leave in the weeks hate. it's been open. Leave a hate message. Uh, tell me. Uh, tell me all your problems. You know, I thought. Uh, Leave me your horoscope. I, I thought Stephen listened to every word of the show, but he doesn't. I know. He hasn't I, called I, in. I, I know. I know. And I have yeah. to talk to him because I apparently he he said Stephen he Farrell. Everybody. Yes, yeah, a good friend of mine. He has been a guest on the show, Stephen Farrell. Uh, I would. I thought you would at least leave five messages. Yeah. Uh, three truthful ones, one hurtful one, and a spoof. Yeah. You know, um, and I told I told my girl, you know, it's funny. I tell my girlfriend about this and then she just totally forgets. Like today I was like, I'm leaving. She goes, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to record my show. <laughs> she goes, oh, how, how Hollywood of you. She goes, it's Wednesday. And I go, if that's how you have to remember what Wednesdays are. Sure. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Who, which has still not come on, come on the show. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, that's partly your fault. It's all my fault. And it just makes me think, like, does she actually love me? She's been on the show. She's been on, she's been on the show, my birthday show, and when she was making fun of Chris and I. But she does that on the, like, uh, you know, every time we play, whenever that happens, she, like, just sits in the background and fucking rips on us. Yeah. Well, is, is there, uh, maybe we can get deep here. Is there an innate fear in bringing her on the show? No. Do you not want the show to grow legs? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, no, it's not the case at all. There's no innate fear. I'm afraid that it might be too good. Of, maybe I'll be afraid it's too good of a show, and then I have she'll to have her on. She'll hijack the show. All, well, she'll hijack the show anyway. We'll have to change we, the name and, of Listen, the we, we do. We, we, <laughs> Which we can do. I have to constantly tell her and remind her, because if I don't, she'll uh, she'll bug me while I'm doing work. She'll be like, baby, who's the funniest person in all the land? I'm like, you are. <laughs> Like even right, like I've gotten to the point where she goes, "Baby," and I go, "Carrie, you are the funniest person." All like I don't, she doesn't even prompt me, <laughs> and like like sometimes, most of the time, I hit the nail on the head and she laughs. Other times, she goes, "Thank you for that validation," but also, what do you want for dinner? <laughs> like you know, it's like well, every time you lead into that whole baby, I feel like it's you know she's asking me who's who's the funniest of all the time. Sometimes I say me and she gets a pissed, but it it, it baffles me like uh, somebody like her would need it. She's hilarious. I think all these that's what's so actors weird. and actresses and talent need to hear it. They don't yeah. they well, want I, I know you they need don't want to hear it. They act like they don't, but I think they do. I like hearing it. 
No, I, I like I guess, hearing it. I guess, uh, Carrie, from from my perspective, and I just see you on Instagram stories. I've, I've never, even, <laughs> never even met you. A lot of, you know, it's funny. A lot of people in my life haven't met Carrie yet. <laughs> but uh, hilarious. Everything, everything I've ever seen is oh. is uh, a top notch character. Uh, uh, impeccable improv. The Bish is funny. Uh, she is funny. She is talented. Incredible. She she needs to be in a writer's room and and on a show as a character because she is so good at what she does. Um, and I, I'm hoping. I I believe it's going to happen. We just got to you know we're just being patient. Everyone has their time. Everyone gets a time. You know, like their time comes. Um, uh, I I believe her time is coming soon. And I think when that time comes, that's when. She'll come on the show because she goes, what do you want me to talk about? I don't have any shows that are upcoming right now. I was like, we could talk about whatever. Do not come. What? <laughs> Ooh, that was out of left field. What do you mean? <laughs> do not come. What do you mean? Uh, I was just quoting Kamala Harris this week. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, that's. Did you hear? Did you hear? Yeah, yeah. Sorry to turn the. Turn no, the subject I didn't know. We were, you, I Carrie. did not Shout know we were going to go. I did not know we were going to well, go. You just into said politics. "come" like within ten times within like come, come, ten come, come, seconds. Come, come, come. Yeah, but I could have said the C. And, and it just re- it, literally you said "come," and then I was like, okay, whatever. And then "come, come, come," and then I was just like, Kamala Harris. <laughs> Kamala Harris. Yes, Kamala Harris. I'll put the meme up. Yeah, it's been on. Yeah, it's on the screen. Yeah, right here. We uh, if you don't know what happened, um, she basically told. Uh, people who are trying to migrate or immigrate to America from Central America and South America not to come uh, after, uh, you know, decades of U.S. government uh, throwing over fucking regimes over there and fucking up the political world and down there. Yeah. And how can Republicans get pissed at that? Well, because they're no. going to they're going to talk about the you hypocrisy know, you know. of Democrats yelling at Republicans for doing it for 4 years. Right, you can never be you can never be happy. No. Yeah. Listen, there's always going to be hypocrisy on both sides. So Yeah, that's uh that's all I want to talk about politics. Uh, but the the crosscut, did you see the crosscut with Trump in the in the meme? No, I have it's not. It's incredible. Seen that. It's I it's do not come. And then it's Trump and then it cuts the Trump and it's I'm going to come. Uh. <laughs> I have seen that. I have seen that. <laughs> yes. Wow. I forgot about that. Oh, it's hilarious. It's it's great. But uh, sorry to sidetrack. Oh, I but I, no, but, no. Yeah. It's all good. Uh, shout out, Carrie. We love you, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> shout out, Carrie. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of, of radio, this whole fucking thing just got derailed. Speaking of, speaking of radio, speaking somehow. of, well, we were talking about radio earlier about like, you know, the numbers, uh, call out numbers, 405 you know, TZSD and like how kids these days probably don't even know what to call into a radio show. My guest coming up here. See the fucking way I did this. Uh, Alexa, stop. Oh, man. Alexa is trying to get in the conversation. It's a, it's nine o'clock on the dot again. Jack, uh, Jack, Jack, on Jack again. <laughs> Welcome to the Jack Dressler show. T J D. See how well, it fucking fuck. Even one letter can fuck the, this whole thing up. Because you just said you, you just said the number. T T S Z D. Did you, oh, did I say? T, you said like T Z S D. That's what you T- said. T Z D S. Oh, I said S D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Listen, guys. Language. Great acronym. Great acronym. Language isn't my first thing, but we were talking about radio and the, the numbers and you know having people call up the show and probably right. like you know yeah. The my guest coming up here is one of my good friends that I met while working in radio many 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 many, many years ago. 
Um, he's got his own tennis podcast that just got released. He's he's doing weekly show. He is a tennis guru. I'm a big fan of his. He's also a huge wrestling guru. Knows all the stuff about wrestling. Knows all the stuff about tennis. The Holding Serve podcast. The Holding called? Serve podcast. Holding Serve podcast. Um, my friend Agazi Georges will be joining us. I'm going to actually bring him in right now. Let's get him on the line here. Let's cue that music and do a nice little smooth transition and get G on the line. You're going to enjoy this. All right, well, join us right now. A very good friend of mine, uh, former colleague, and just an overall fucking great dude, uh, Agazi Georges. I say that right, right? You said it correctly. I said that right. It's been so long, dude. We haven't, like, I mean, we text, you know, we catch up here and there, but it's been so long since we've been face-to-face, and I wish mm-hmm. this was actually in person, but you're on the other side of the continent. You're on the side of America. I'm on the west side. You're on the east side. But, dude, it's really good to fucking see you, man. Good to see you, too, man. You You look very handsome. Thank you. I uh, I'm throw I, that pass right out at you. I appreciate that because my my hair is a like I haven't I haven't gone to uh, any like barber shop yet to get a hair any hair done yet. My girlfriend's been cutting my hair for the past year, and I'm hoping that like us. oh yeah, I'm I'm lucky. I'm fortunate that she's you know she she likes doing it. She does a good decent job, but now she's like, well you know it's over. So now go go get your hair cut professional. I'm like, but you did such a good job. She's like, stop being cheap and go fucking cut your hair. She's she throws in you know uh, my my uh, religion in there. Obviously says cheap Jew, but you know what are you gonna do? Well, well, speaking of hair, I mean <laughs> this is actually combed. Um, I, uh, I I was just in the in front of a mirror. I don't like to spend a lot of, spend a lot of time there. Um, I, but I put in like a solid five minutes of combing my hair. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's the least I could do. Uh, I didn't get a haircut. I was in uh, Jersey this past weekend, and I still I still get my haircut in New Jersey. I live in South Carolina. I still when I when I fly up to Jersey, I go see the same barber that I've uh, been going to since high school. And I'm just sitting there this weekend, and I didn't even bother to call and make an appointment because it's Sunday morning, and I'm sitting there watching Djokovic win the French Open and just miserable because it was my dream to be a tennis player. And Every time I watch somebody else win, I go through that whole, <laughs> I could have done this. So I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, well, let the hair grow then, you know? Let it right. So did you get your hair cut? I want to talk about tennis in a second because I know you're a huge tennis fan, and I also want to talk about wrestling. But for, like... Did you get your hair cut at all over quarantine? Did you do it yourself? Did you just take trimmers and go and just buzz? So from March 2020 until February of 2021, I didn't get my hair cut. Wow. Because I because listen, I you know how often I go up to Jersey. I just go see my regular barber and you couldn't I do just that. Wasn't leaving, I wasn't leaving the house. And then the, the two times that I the first two times I snuck up to Jersey before, um, you know, before numbers started going down, before vaccines came out or whatever, I went up there and I just stayed in my buddy's house and I wouldn't go see anyone. I wouldn't go to the barbershop or anything. I just wanted to get out of my house. Yeah. But like not go anywhere because I was still, you know, like I wasn't interested in getting COVID. No, I mean, well, plenty of people are or just disinterested in the whole thing. But dude, that was the same way, man. I haven't left. I haven't left L.A., uh since since december of 2019 like when i came when i came back to jersey to visit folks you know i was i was planning on coming home in may and then quarantine hit and i was like all right maybe i'll go home for the holidays now can't go then and dude i i miss i miss you but i feel you dude it's it's been a fucking long fucking year listen 
after and you know i don't know where anybody i well you and i text so i kind of know but after that vaccine after that second shot <laughs> i don't want to say i was reckless because i was you know i'm still double masking and you know staying away from people or whatever but that first flight back to jersey fully vaccinated like i normally take pills to fly where i got to be knocked out oh yeah i i was awake that whole that whole one hour flight right um and it just felt like it was so weird like it, it went from like a, a whole year of like crap like if i go out and fr- go out of the house and like come in contact with the wrong person you're screwed like i'm right yeah so just be so careful and you don't want to get your family member sick and then that first time i was like super excited but i also like i'm like wait i forgot how to do this and the scary thing is like it should have been that complicated but we're so used to having just you know moseying through life like yeah. taking everything for granted like i'm walking outside you know everything's great or i'm gonna stop and get something to eat whatever and then all of a sudden, when like we were able to start doing some of that stuff again, I was just like, "You're hesitant." Not not only that, right? I'm hesitant at first, and then when I do it, it's like, and it was something as simple as just stopping at my favorite falafel place in New Brunswick, right? And the first time I like didn't mind, like they were doing the drop off anyway, but like I stopped off and I was able to pick something up, and it was like this thrill, and I'm. I'm sitting in the car and I'm just like, should I be this excited <laughs> yeah. about something like that? Either I'm like really grateful now I understand life or just like I have no life whatsoever. And like, no, I think it's, I think it's more of the things that you're, you're just more appreciative of life. Like I'm way more appreciative of life. Like I appreciate the people that like, you know, I stayed in contact with and, you know, and, and, and checked it on me. And I, you know, even though like, cause you know, people it's, it's a thing. It's like, you know, uh, out of sight, out of mind. So a lot of people that I was friends with, friend, I mean, I'm not going to say air quotes because they're still my friends. We just haven't, we just haven't, you know, connected. We haven't seen each other in person. There's not much. I felt like after a while, like, especially after six, seven months, you know, it's like when you talk to someone, it's like, what do you do? Eh, nothing. But like, what, what can you do? And there's obviously people that broke rules or whatever you want to call it and good for them. But I have this, I have the same, I have the same thing where it's like, I want to be, you know, I'm trying to re-acclimate myself to the world and I'm nervous like you know I went to a barbecue over Memorial Day and it was everyone was vaxxed but I still like kept my distance and was talking and was talking to everyone and I had a little bit of social anxiety too like I never had a lot of social anxiety when going to parties like I'm very uh you know extroverted and very talkative but this time I was just like I kept to myself and that's also because I felt like I didn't have a lot to talk about too that's so that's so funny you said that um because uh is it are you hearing anything like when i talk uh I, I, when i hear you it, it's like it's like a little little background noise it like it cuts in and out so like when you're we hear you fine but like when you're talking it's this weird um like noise yeah, underneath I you i don't know what it is though is it a fan by you no i have nothing on in here it's it not our ac I- is it no ac just turned on um, okay, me, um you know what let me try something real quick all right all right, is this any better? Can you hear me? That's a lot better. Andy, Andy, how's that sound? Yeah. All right. So I was taping my uh, podcast a couple hours ago, and I'm the mic I'm using 
it was I still had it hooked up. So I, I just now unplugged it and you said it sounds better. Yeah, so it was the mic over there. Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> That's why, because it was in front no, of you. Yeah. That's all good. It's yeah, all good. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it, it, I worked in radio. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yes, we, we've <laughs> we've all worked in radio and we've all messed. I still mess up audio things, What you know, with oh. for video files all the time, all the time. Yeah, it's but getting back to what you were saying about. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I was in Jersey because um, I'm starting to go back now. Yeah. And uh, my friend was throwing a surprise party for her husband ended up being a disaster because it rained the whole weekend and she was trying to do it outside so she put up like these tents or whatever i stayed in the house for for the party and i knew like really knew well about five people there there was another five i didn't know right first time i've been around um mixed company meaning like i don't know necessarily who you are and right not sure if you're vaccinated or anything like that so the next day I fly back to South Carolina and from the medication that I took to fly, I was, I was tired at night. So I passed out. So that Tuesday when I woke up, all of a sudden I'm sick oh, man. and I'm coughing and I'm feeling the sinus pressure and like so much sinus pressure like the back of my head and my neck is pounding or whatever and i'm just like you son of a now mind you i've caught a cold traveling before right yeah so of course i go into to lockdown with the vitamin c and sleeping in the sweatsuits with socks on or whatever i go the whole sweat i wake up the next day i'm worse i'm like all right oh shit bitch. so I, I i drive to walgreens and i buy an instant a rapid test I don't necessarily think I have it, but I'm thinking, boy, would this be some justice for your happy ass traveling so much all of a sudden, right? <laughs> you like you're vaccinated. So, it's not hundred percent foolproof. Yeah, it's not hundred percent, but I but I've been acting a little bit like like everything's back. Yeah. You know? Um guilty. So of course I swab myself, it comes back negative. And the whole time I'm going, but didn't they say that those aren't the most accurate? Right? This is me messing with myself. It fucks, well, it just fucks with your head. Yeah. It's all been fucking yeah. with my head. Yeah. Next day, I go to the doctor or whatever, and the doctor already doesn't like that I've started traveling again. Um, she's even, like, w- withholding medicine. like. So she's like, well, you, tra- you travel too much. This lady wouldn't even come near me, mind you, because I had the cold. I, I didn't know they were doing this now. So one guy, they, they, didn't, they don't let me sit in the waiting room. They tell me to wait in my car. If, if, you have, guy, if you have any type of symptoms? Yeah, because I told him I was there because I said, uh, you know, I showed him my, my vaccine card. No one gave a shit in the office. No one. And I said, uh, and I said, and I took a rapid yesterday, um, but, you know, I just got the, the cough or whatever. And, the, you know, no temperature, no loss of smell, whatever. I'm still eating like a horse. Um, and they say, well, you can't wait in here. So go wait in the car. I'm like, oh, all right. So I'm waiting an hour and a half. And finally, a guy in a freaking hazmat suit comes through the second door. You know the door that's always locked when a building's got two sets of doors, the one <laughs> no one ever uses? Yeah. Yeah, he comes out that one. He calls out my name. Uh, at this point, I'm standing leaning on the car because I'm tired of sitting in it, right? So we go in. This guy takes me into a private room, wheels around a television, turns it on, and connects the doctor who's down the hall. Wow. And they went, they went crazy on this, huh? <clears throat> 
Yeah, they're like, okay, well, uh, you can't see me in person because I don't want to get sick. So we're going to throw a hazmat suit on some dude and he's going to sit next to you like a translator while we're talking through a screen. I mean, that's wild. That's crazy. So, so I was negative, of course. It was just a bad cold. Just I'm a cold. For, for now, did you, did you, so this, yeah, I mean, because I feel like I usually get sick when I'm traveling, but from being on the plane. But for me, from now on, I'm always wearing my mask. Like going forward, 100%. I'm always wearing my mask unless I have to. Because I will say this: in 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 the year that we were in lockdown, and I went out. Like I mean, after like last, pretty much this time last June, where like things were they were starting to lift certain lockdowns and restrictions, not obviously fully open. You know, we we my girlfriend and some friends we went out and like to the park and like social distance, but. I, you know, I kept my mask on all times. I, I haven't, I never got sick, you know, with the occasion, like maybe like uh, sinuses, you know, uh, um, uh, excuse me, allergies with my sinuses. I never, I never got sick in the, in the yeah. year. And I was like, this isn't, this is the longest I've never been sick because I mean, when I was living in New York or traveling from Jersey to New York to go work in the city and taking the goddamn New Jersey, New Jersey chance, I was sick every other week because everyone's sick yep. of that motherfucker. Yep. That, that's crazy. My son ended up catching the cold from me, even though those first couple of days I stayed upstairs and I even when I went downstairs, I wore a mask or whatever. But but that just you makes know, you think about like how much our antibodies are reduced now because we're, we <clears> were <throat> we were, you know, and I'm not going to knock it because obviously science proves that yeah. this was the way to go. But it just also goes to show you that like we also make ourselves our bodies weird that, you know, it collects kind of like data throughout the day of right. who, you, who you're interacting with and puts up like certain uh, barriers of uh, to protect us from sicknesses. And that, and when, when I, when I took my son to the doctor, the doctor, he's, they didn't even have any more appointments that day. They just said, listen, we have walk-ins between this, this time and this time. Good luck. So I get there and the doctor, he's all, uh, what's the word? Like he's just all flummoxed. And so anyway, my son just had a, a cold bronchitis whatever and the doctor's just like yeah it's been crazy here today all the colds are coming back like none of the kids are you know getting covid or whatever but like now all of a sudden well it's because they school's back open quicker here school's back open and then a couple weeks ago with a month left of school they send a letter home to parents it's a waiver where you can sign that your kid doesn't have to wear a mask I, I, I don't. Jesus. I just don't get doing it with with only a month left. Yeah, it's like yeah, a, like yeah. A last middle finger, and then the doctors telling me he's bombarded with sick kids. Well, now because all yeah, the masks are off, and now no one cares. It's it's over. It's convenience over over like you know, uh, a, a, a health. You know, that's that's just what it is. It's always been that. It's people's it's people's uh, convenience of what they've been allotted in life in the states, and not giving up those simple. And it's not even like privilege. It, I mean, yes, it's privileges, but at the same time, it's like, it's like, can you really not wear a mask for an hour while you go shopping? Can you not really do that? Like, it's it just blew my mind this whole time what was going down and how yeah. how crazy the country acted over something that was so serious, but you know didn't want to take it seriously because I don't know uh, someone. Be- tell, tell me if I'm crazy here. So you know, I had a a couple of people that I knew that were just in a complete shit panic over, over having to wear a mask. And it just got to the point. And, and I said to one of them, I said, do me a favor. Next time you're out around people or whatever, and you got to sneeze, I said, don't cover up. Why? <laughs> uh, why? No, don't cover up. 
Because if you don't believe scientists that are telling you that putting a piece of cloth over your face blocks a certain percentage, whatever it ended up being, like if you can't see the correlation there between when you when you cough or sneeze, you cover up. Why do you cover up? You don't want to spread the germs. Not for, you, not for yourself. Yeah, you don't want to spread disease. It's so that you don't expel it onto somebody. It's the same shit. Like, and the, you know. No, I know. The it, first time, so, first time somebody gets sneezed on in a restaurant, it's oh, what the fuck? You know, you know what I mean? No, hundred percent. I mean, it, it's we listen to everything else when it comes to that type of science. I mean, you know, if you're if someone has a, a autoimmune disease or, or sick with cancer, and they're going through chemo and radiation, and their immune system is weak, you know. Oh, well, I can't see grandma today because she just came through chemo and her immune system mm-hmm. is weak. Or I have to wear, you know, this full-on hazmat suit in order to see. I mean, I had to do that with my mom. And, and you know, like I, I would never – no one would ever question that because cancer is such a it's, – it's, it's crazy because I guess – I don't know. Like cancer is, is proven to be deadly. AIDS is proven to be deadly where like, oh, it could be. And, I don't know. The whole the – whole, we can go into this. I feel like forever, but I feel like the the whole country went stupider. We know why it went why it went stupider, but mm-hmm. um, it, <laughs> we all know why because there was a moron that was elected in the fucking White House for four years. So everyone felt like, well, if this dipshit can do be the president, then why do I have to listen to people that are smarter than me that went through ten years of residencies and schools and internships as a doctor when I, you know, could barely could barely pass like junior high. I feel like that what you just said would be like that would be in the promo for your Netflix 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 special. <laughs> like just that last thing of you saying that and then what? am I laughing in the back? Is that in, it's indie. That's in indie. Yeah. Oh. No, it's 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 crazy. And like, you know, we'll move on after this because I want to talk about tennis. I want to talk about well, I want to talk about that blue light stuff we were talking about before we started the show, because that was interesting. I want to hear yeah, I want to talk about because I'm going through phases in my life as well here. I mean, we're, we're both 40. We're hitting, you know, I don't know if it's a midlife crisis. Uh-huh. I don't know if we're past. And, you know, who knows these days? Because people are living forever. So I don't know if 50 is my midlife crisis or if I pass my midlife crisis. What is it? Uh-huh. Half-life. But when do you, but here's the thing is that, Andy, you never know. We said it's half-life. How do you know when your half-life is? Well, I was just told on a radio commercial. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's on a radio commercial, you know it's true. Yeah, definitely. Oh, no. I, I, know, I know when mine is. <laughs> you know what your you know what your midlife crisis is? Oh, it's, it's right now. <laughs> I guess. I, don't know, I guess. I don't know if this is the prop if this is the proper term or if anyone even said, it, but I'm emo as shit right now. Like this whole forty thing, I'm like fourteen again, but just like with worse knees. Oh, dude. Like, oh, I feel I, you I on that all the time. Like I'm hurting right now, and nah, you know, dude. I feel I feel you. I feel you on that. Like I. Right before COVID, um, I joined because it'd been a minute, but I joined a soccer league. I joined like a men's soccer league through another group of friends I, I played soccer with when I first moved out here. And that was also when I was playing with them. This is like 2016, 17. I was at like my heaviest or even 15 mm-hmm. was at my heaviest. So like my body definitely, my mind could think, thinks I can do all those things and I couldn't. And so then I, uh, you know, I, I was hurting myself a lot, like really, really injuring myself. And then I lost all the weight and I didn't play it one fucking lick of soccer when I was at like my, like most peak in shape when I was doing all that stuff. And then I felt good. I was in shape. I should say I was like in shape heading into 2019 ish and joined the soccer league. 
and at 39, because I was, you know, excuse me, at 38, turning 39 last year, I don't know, my body just, the recovery time. I mean, my body, I'm still diving for these balls. Like I'm trying to get to the upper 90. I'm slide tackling people. I'm landing on my shoulder and I'm getting up. I'm like, I think it's either dislocated, broken, or I, I never felt pain like that. Yeah. And then the whole rest of my Sunday, it wasn't like a normal Sunday when I was playing when I was a kid. I'll play two games and then find, feel free to go, you know, go eat, didn't do whatever I want. I was at a commission for the rest of that Sunday whenever yeah. I played. It's uh, hard. I believe it. I believe it. And sometimes when I go on the tennis court, um, I think it's like 17-year-old me. Yeah. Oh, it's your mind. And it, it's a competitiveness it takes, inside, inside you. It takes all of, I don't know, five minutes for you to just snap out of it. Or, or in my case, have something. You know, I don't have any. I had someone down here that I was hitting with, but didn't really um you know winter came and covid uh, um so the most i've really done in the last few months is just out there by myself just practicing serves yeah you know and i could see you know hurting a shoulder practicing serves but like i pulled a groin just like five serves in and nothing will shatter the revisionist history that you have in your mind about what a great athlete you were in your teens yeah then pulling a growing muscle you know hitting a 60 mile an hour serve <laughs> it's humbling <laughs> to say the least it's humbling it's depressing and it makes me just come home take a you know a, a hot shower and then just turn the blue light on close the bedroom door and just sit and listen to sad songs so, <laughs> Yes, like, like like legit regression. It's like I can't really do it on the days when my son's here, but when he's when he's at his mom's house, no, nah, it's full on teen angst in here. <laughs> I mean, I gotta I gotta like hide it from the kid. You know what I mean? He can't know that <clears throat> I'm still in the phase that he's about to go. Yeah, through. he's about to. Your son's about to go through this phase. Yeah, so I gotta get my second one out. Oh my god! Teen phase out before he gets there. We can't have both of us living in the house. Man, I mean? this is like this is like you ever see? Um, do you remember the movie Half Baked? Right, yeah. and, they, and they're talking about it's like the son's doing drugs. Like Dave Chappelle is like narrating. There's like the son's doing drugs to, to to calm his teen angst, and his father's doing drugs to try to relate to his son. They should just smoke a bowl together. I feel like it's gonna happen with you two. You're both gonna be in this like teen angst emo phase, and you're all gonna be in the oh. separate side of the room. Oh and my I mean, except no one's gonna be covering up because it's just gonna be constantly <laughs> weed in the house. Oh my goodness. Dude, oh man. I, I was not, no one told me <clears throat> that my midlife crisis would be just a second teen angst phase. No, like, I, yeah, a hundred percent. I didn't know this is what it was what it was going to turn into like this is this is horrible and i have like, and i have like sorry i mean cut you off i have like small like i have the teenagers that i had when i was a kid of like oh you know like i haven't heard from a friend i miss my friends my friends aren't talking to me and my friend like who are my friends anymore and then on top of it you pile on the social media like mm -hmm. i can't imagine actually being a teen right now mm -hmm. and having teenagers with social media yeah, I mean, it's tough enough being a 40-year-old teen <laughs> yeah, exactly. having angst with social media. If I was like a legit teen, no, nah, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, a, I wouldn't leave my house. Um, but yeah, he, he and I can't both be going through this. So I got to get this one, this second one out of my system. It's, it's just like the first one. It's just with like 
with like arthritis and a lot less testosterone. <laughs> so like, you know what you gotta do. You know what you gotta do. You just gotta watch all the teen angsty movies and listen to all those <sighs> songs you did growing up for like a month straight. Dude, I called just my best it. friend the other day, and I'm just like, so um, should I ask this girl out? Like that, <laughs> like that really happened. Like it did. Like I'm, 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 I'm going through a teen angst phase, and also like the midlife part of getting old and being divorced. So it's just all just like mixing together, and it's not supposed to. So the, the the product is just really, really strange. And the only way I know how to cope with it is putting like all the lights in my bedroom blue and just drinking. Bubbly. Soda. Yes. I love bubbly. I'm a big fan of bubbly, even though we don't have any right now. I'm a huge fan of bubbly. Bubbly I mean, is. It's, it's one of the few things I have going for me. It's just like, like endless seltzer. It's a lot of seltzer in my kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much what we have too. And I don't like Lacroix. I'm a huge bubbly guy, though. Bubbly is for me. Yeah, but bubbly. You know what? Sometimes if I can't get it, uh, the supermarket down here, the, their their generic brand is pretty good. I always add a couple drops of lemon juice, but the bubbly's the best stuff. I don't do the Lacroix either. And so you just sit in the corner drinking a a bubbly a grape or a blackberry. Oh yeah. And just with the or strawberry. Blackberry with the with blue lights on. Um, yeah, listen to some like Juice World or something. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we've uh, we have. There, I, I feel you with the lights thing. We've uh, we got these like. <laughs> I mean, this is, I think, modern age emo uh, retrospective. Yeah. Um, we have those like Google lights that you can be like, hey Google, turn the turn the chandelier, or the you know the bedroom light to like fuchsia, and it can change to all. It's over like sixty colors or sixty six hundred colors or something like that. And I'll just sit there and I'm like, what mood am I in? I'm angry right now. Red. I want everything red. You know? Oh yeah. And it's fun. It's fun, but like, dude, I feel you. I I just I think I listen yeah, to more sad, sad, sad '90s music over the pandemic that I had probably the previous 10 years leading up to it. And I was in some bad, oh, yeah. I was in some fucked up headspace too prior to the pandemic, you yeah. know, relationships and everything. Oh yeah. I, I listen, I, I've got a blue bulb and then I've got like a really, <laughs> nice. yeah, which like I asked my son to help me for like two minutes so that now that it looks like shit, I can just say, I can blame it on him. <laughs> but it's like, that's what you have kids for. Um, but yeah, so I'll get like a nice blue. Sometimes I get a purple vibe going on in here, and just you know. Interesting, uh, interesting. The light shows help with the moods. Uh yeah. The mood, the mood lighting is always the mood lighting is always like the best. I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I wish I had it. I wish I had more of those things as a kid. So my parents kept me very not like. They didn't keep like too close to me. They let me do whatever I want, but they wanted me like you know their focus was like your sports, academics, you know, none of this emo crap. They never let me give Jinko jeans or skater jeans, you know. Like you my, needed that. I need. I needed that. My parents let me listen yeah. to whatever music they wanted. They didn't care rap, grunge, hip hop. You know, they didn't give it. Like, my dad listened to the music with me, but he just didn't want me. My dad had a vision of how he wanted me to dress, and it was none of the styles of music I listened to. You know, oh. I might have had some grunge look with maybe some like some plaid shirts in, mm-hmm. and maybe some like you know uh, very um, plain colored jeans 
or khakis mm-hmm. or whatever, like nothing too cold. But you never, it could never be baggy. You know, he make me tuck in my shirts. I had to tuck in my shirts, tuck out my shirts after I like left. And that's the thing. My dad acted the same way even when I worked at Sirius XM. <laughs> he would always be like, I would wake up and go to work. He's like, why are you dressed like that? He's like, you should dress in like, you know, like, you know, at least business casual, like a suit or like, you know, a shirt with I'm like, do you know what I'm doing for four to five hours? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, do you know what, what work? I was like, I don't know anybody in radio, unless you're an executive, a high up executive that doesn't work in the studio and is just taking meetings all day with talent. No one I know is wearing, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Like blazers and button downs. Unless no, you're like, again, not. unless you're the VP of the department and you're going to all no. these meetings. But I'm. You're sitting in the control room across from a guy and you're just trying to out fart each other. Exactly. Exactly. And like yeah. talk about the crazy shit that happened in sports. Cause like, I mean, there was just so much shit going. But like, I, if I, if I was working at Sirius, if, 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 if I was at Sirius XM now, my age, right? Or like younger, I should say, like when I first started off in radio, I would probably not even. I mean, I would wear the fucking like you know sweatpants. I wear like you know fancy like Nike you know sweats or whatever. I wouldn't even wear jeans or any of that type of stuff. Be comfortable. I do that when I'm on. I do that when I'm filming now. If I have to go on set and I have to film, I'm showing up in a nice, comfortable t-shirt and like athletic short athleisure wear. You know, that's all I'm wearing because if I gotta get down and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm running around. I don't wear the jeans to on set anymore unless I'm sitting back and directing or doing something like that. But if I'm holding camera, I'm running around, fuck that. This is strangely mature. Uh, what, this like, conversation? No, the part about the pants. Like, I'm not wearing jeans. I'm going to graduate to sweatpants. Yeah. Well, that's also part of I feel like that's also part of the graduation of the pandemic. That's true. I put that when I true. when I put I had to go in the office for the first time like just because I, I had, you know, I just got hired. And I haven't been to the office. So I want to check it out. And I went in, and I was like, I don't even know if my fucking jeans fit. I haven't worn them, and they yeah. did. I mean, the larger-ish pair wore, not my nice skinny ones that I bought, but you know, like the nicer, they, they're still nice. But I was just like, I don't, I don't like them. I don't like the way they feel. like. I just didn't feel comfortable wearing jeans because I've been wearing like sweatpants and yeah. shorts for so fucking long. Yeah, man, and you, you don't even realize it when you're in the house that long, and you just like. Have nowhere to go. I mean, I once they started doing, um, you know, the supermarkets, and they're still doing them now. Like you just order the food on your app, and they just put it in your trunk. Yeah, and that's it. You know, that's it. You don't have to wear pants. For, well, I mean, some sort of pants, but I mean, nah. I did know. listen. There was a part of time when I didn't even have to go out and get the food. I just tell them to leave them at the bottom of the stair, and I would just run down after they left in my underwear and grab it, shirtless oh, and everything. But listen, let's let's move let's move past this topic. I want to talk about your show. The underwear, the, the heat was getting turned up with the underwear. Talk I know, show. I know, I know. Meundies sponsor me, but I want to talk about your show, your podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more about it, man. I mean, you you. I feel like you launched it what two weeks ago? Uh, three, three. Right before the French, right? Yeah, right before the French Open. It's, um, t- it's tennis only. Tennis only. Love it. Um, kind of just wanted to. You know, there's two things that I feel like I know really, really well, tennis and wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like I've neglected the passion for tennis for, for a long time. Because um, to be honest with you, like from, from being a kid, the plan was I always wanted to be a pro tennis player. It was just, you know, tennis is one of those sports and 
it's it still is to a degree today. It, it's still kind of one of those elitist sports where, like, if you really want to learn the game, I mean, yeah, of course you can go to a, a camp in the summertime, where, but if you like really want to learn the game, and you know, it's not it's not as easy as, um, you know, every high school having a team like my high school. Like I got there and they said. We don't have a boys tennis team. If you want one, find seven other guys. Wow. So it was on me. So I, like I had to come up with, it. and it's just, it's a very expensive game to learn. And if you don't start when you're, I don't know, no later than 11 or something like that. I was going to say, I, mean? I was going to say eight. I feel like eight. Yeah. It's probably, it probably is closer to eight. Um, 11 is like high side, but it's just, it's so expensive to learn. And train, and I was trying to do that. Like after high school, like I left college, and that's what I was doing. I was just working to pay for private instruction. But it just, you know, to be eighteen and not to be at a certain certain level, yeah, and just trying to catch up. Like I could never make enough to like fully finance the kind of training I would have needed. It was at that point, it was way late anyway. But the point is, um, so. I still watch it. I'm still obsessed with it, and I love to talk about it. So I said, why not do this? Why don't I finally sit down and just focus on this sport and do it in a way that I, I have some sort of control over? So I started the Holding Serve podcast. I love it, dude. I love it. And I think that's that's really that's, – it's, it's awesome. And I feel like – I feel you're, you're – I empathize with you or sympathize with you in terms of like – Watching a sport that you feel, well, you know that you could have been successful as a pro. You know, I felt that way with soccer. I mean, soccer, I trained because I, my dad, I think my dad, if my dad had his, he wanted me to be tennis. My dad loves tennis. I was taking tennis lessons as a kid from, from when I was like five, six years old. One of the, that and soccer were my first like sports I actually played. Baseball came like a year after that when I was seven. And I love tennis. And I think when we moved to, from Brooklyn, New Jersey, um, a lot of more of my friends, because again, it's also like, you know, who your friends are, were playing soccer and baseball. So I wanted to focus more on that. But I, I, mean, I didn't play tennis in high school, but I, I love the sport. And then with soccer, you know, the only vision I had for me was to be involved in the sport somehow, pro, coach, whatever it may be at some level. And I think. You know, there's a couple things that deterred me from that, and um, I think what's, you know, I I I hurt myself in college, um, I hurt my knee, and it just to the I think it wasn't the reality of not becoming a pro because I if I just kept on working, there would have been some form of pro pro level to play at. But it, as a soccer player in the states, it's not a popular sport. So regardless, a lot of these MLS players, unless you're Beckham or you know, so, I mean, now it's a little bit different. They get paid a little bit more, but back then the MLS, and unless you wanted to go play in the Division Two or Division Three of Premier League, but even those guys, those guys are still working regular jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not making the th- the hundreds of thousand dollars that they solely can live off of. Um, and my focus, my switch was, well, if I don't, if I can't be in the sport, well, I can talk about the sport, and so I did sports journalism, and. I thought I would enjoy working in sports and sports media. Uh, and I did for like a little bit. 
And then you realize how, and I don't know how you feel about this, but this is how I felt working at a certain place. There's certain places. It's not even one place. I've worked at a lot of sports companies. Um, a lot of people could never, that work at sports companies, could never play the game, whether it be male or female. They could never play the game. So there were the people that always wanted to play the game real well, but ended up being like the stats guy. The person that knows everything about sports. And when they know so much, you can't approach them in a way that like even challenges their ideation of thought because they'll attack you. And it just mm-hmm. going like being in that environment for so long, working in sports and making it a, a career, like I enjoyed it for a little bit, but after a while, there's weird hours, the strange people you deal with, these like uh, just it's it's a very different sports. I feel like sports radio and sports media is very different than other media. Um I just I lost my passion for even like watching sports casually for a little bit. Mm. You know? Wow. I, I it's I football, baseball, um, you know, taking a break from it was nice. And then I got back into it. I'm like, oh wait, now I realize why I don't like why I don't like working directly with all these sports stuff because some of the people mm. that work it just make it hard. And I I I wish, you know, like you you touched the point where like, you know, you wish you did the podcast earlier. I always feel the same way. I should have done more of my podcasting video stuff earlier in my career and make a YouTube channel. But again, it's never better late than never. And you're doing it because you know it's still going to go somewhere. It just might take a little bit longer. Right. Yeah. It's a, what do you call it? Uh, labor of love? Labor of love. Um, yeah. And, and that's what it is. And it's one of those things where I think, so it took me a while to start it because <clears throat> I'm the kind of person you know, I could stand, I could have a million, million people stand in front of me and tell me how great I am at something, right? There's still be that one voice in the back of my head that'll tell me I'm not, yep. and it'll just, it'll fuck with me for so long. I've been trying to start this podcast for so long, but I would get, <clears throat> sorry. It's all good. I would get stuck, you know, at the start, at the start finish line, right? And it took like a good kick in the ass from a friend of mine for me to just like put the first one out and then the second one, and then start feeling, you know, I'm only on the fourth one's coming out tomorrow, tomorrow evening. But like each time I finish one and, you know, once it's done edited and everything like that, there is this sense of accomplishment. Yeah. So, you know, I, I hope it goes somewhere, but like for right now, it's just, it feels good to get something out. Like a hundred percent. No, I agree. It's, and that's, that's, uh, you know, I'm thankful for Indy because, you know, I've been talking about doing this, talking about wanting to do this to myself. And like you said, it's like, you can get all the accolades, all the, you know, uh, that you want, but your worst, your own worst enemy is your, is, is yourself. Because out of those, like, let's say 20 people that support you, there's going to be that one person that's still your friend that's like, well, you know, well, what's the, you know, like, Someone else does this better. This is better than this. And it's like, shit, should I not even fucking... You listen to that one voice, that one negativity. And so when Indy approached me about doing this, I had had myself, I was like, yeah, I was amped, but I was nervous. I still, like the first three, four, five, six episodes, I was nervous coming here because I was like, I want this to be the best that I can. It's like, you know what? This is a labor of love. It's a process. And I feel good about myself after every time I complete it. You know, and it's good to have those friends, good to the people that push you and stuff like that because they believe in you. And it just make once you start believing more in yourself, the good things will happen. How long it takes, who knows? But at least yeah. you're you're doing it 
you know, and that's all that matters. Whether whether I have 10 listeners, 20, you know, it will get there. People will start realizing it. You just got to keep on doing it and don't do it for other people. I think that was my no. I think that was my issue for the first 15 years of my career was I was doing what other people told me or wanted me to do rather than just listening to myself. Like I would have an idea, think it would be great, and I would share it with someone like that's stupid. I'm like, okay. Instead of being like, you know what, maybe it's stupid, but maybe maybe there's some things there that work. I just gotta rework it a bit. Maybe it wasn't stupid the whole time, but you're not gonna know unless you try. Yeah. And 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 the thing is too is um talking about having that we both should have, you know, done this a lot sooner. Um for a while, or a short while, a long time ago, I was doing my own wrestling podcast and dude this whole time i've been wanting to put something out wrestling related and i just i haven't and you mentioned uh you know a place that we both worked at mm-hmm. a long time ago um that was really the only uh gig that i ha- had in radio right so when when that ended it it happened to coincide with a really rough time in my personal life so it kind of felt like everything was going off track and it took me a while to 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 recover right and looking back i'm like damn but but why did i stop doing it you know what i mean like yeah and it's i I feel the same way your confidence it messes with your confidence and when 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 two events like that like you know getting let go from a place you know that i felt like i was putting in a lot of hard work and then personal stuff happens at the same time and you're like, well, shit, you know, I got to take cover for a little bit. And I think I took cover for a little bit too long. And now that's kind of played into me having difficulty finally starting back up because I've taken so long and the longer I've let it go, the more I've doubted myself. Right. So then it just, it just became harder to finally. So now that I finally, you know, started and putting something out it finally feels like like i like i stopped that you know what i mean it's yeah. like it's like you're going down the hill but you don't have to go back up this big hill that you just climbed again yeah, yeah. and that's and yeah it's, it's just a crazy feel and you end up just messing with yourself because you end up being your own worst enemy because no 100 like, it's it's so great it's just so so crazy how it, it, it won't necessarily be the people that you see standing in front of you that are blocking you. Sometimes it really is yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. There's, you know, I got, I got a couple people that I could say some things about. There's always going to be people. Um, there's always going to be people that block us. And I, right. I, I know exactly how you feel. Cause I, I, some of those people have blocked both of us together. Uh, a different, yeah, for different things. Exactly yeah. But what? man, if you can, if, if you can get past your own mind, you can get past, you know, beating yourself, you can do it. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, this is a great conversation. This is this is this is not how the conversation I thought was going to go, but this has been great, man. I appreciate this conversation because it's it, 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 it's a little reflective. I, I you know I think about it all the time. It is. I, I didn't mean to like dip. I hope I didn't dip the energy too much. No, no, I mean, no. We listen. We can flip it a point. We're going to flip it right now. So, with right, cool. the I haven't been. I've been following a little. I, it's been weird. I haven't been like been following sports as, as much as I should. Again, it's been a weird year and I've just been like focusing on just whatever. I play a lot of video games. But I know Wimbledon's up. I know French Open just ended. You know, who are I feel like I don't know. I know Djokovic. Uh I know Federer is out, right? He's been injured. 
Uh, or Nadal, Nadal. Nadal has been injured. No, Federer's been injured. He just uh, just came back about a month ago. Um, he played three matches at the French. He won his first three rounds and he withdrew. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, yeah, he was he was only there looking for the match play. Yeah, he's more focused on Wimbledon because grass is his best surface. Coming off of two two uh, two knee surgeries, grass is the easiest on your body. So, and it's his best surface. So he was just using the French Open basically. Just to Even practice. though it's two, two, two entirely different surfaces, he still needed that competitive match play to get his wind up and you know his rhythm, all that kind of stuff. So he kind of used that as a tool. But yeah. interesting, I see. Yeah, it's like who's so who is the top of? We'll get to the women's in a second. Who is the top of the men's game? Is it still Djokovic? Is it's, it? It's Djokovic. I mean, how old is he? Thirty-four. Wow. Okay, so he's still got he's a thirty-four. He's still got a few Nadal, years. Yeah, he's 34. Nadal just turned 35 during the French Open, and Federer turns 40 in August. Yeah, Federer's I mean, had the is... Federer's had the longer career, and I feel like Nadal could have had the better career, but I feel like he because re- his his surface is correct me if I'm wrong is is uh, the sand, clay, yep. clay, clay. Sorry, clay. But like when he, I remember when his prime, you know, five, six, seven years ago, he was making. I mean, he's stopping and sliding at the same time, and that takes. Yeah. That takes toll on your knees and your fucking ankles. Well, it's why he's and gotta be careful how I say this. I was gonna say it's why he hasn't won as much on other surfaces. Now I say that. Now mind you, he's won Wimbledon twice. He's won the US Open three times and yep. he's won the Australian Open one time. But on those hard court surfaces, it can be a lot on his body because he plays such a physical style. Yeah. Still, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's so a 16-year pro, he's got three U.S. Open titles, you know. That's impressive, yeah. One, got an Australian Open title, which is also on hardcore, two on grass and 13 on clay, which, you know, clay, even though it's physical, you're running, you're sliding, whatever, the points are longer. <clears throat> clay and, uh, and grass aren't as hard on the knees as yeah. playing on a hard court. So, But if you're you're, you're asking me who, who who's the guy right now. It's Djokovic. It's Djokovic. I, I, like I hate to say it because I like I can't stand the guy. Interesting. Um, is there anybody? All... Is there anybody that's like the next like Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Sampras, like any of those like coming up? That's going to be the next generation because I don't know any from like that. So the the guy that uh, Djokovic beat in the final, this guy from Greece, uh, Stefanos Sissipas. Say that. It's a mouthful. Sissipas. Yeah, he. So at the beginning of the, of the tournament, I said on my podcast, I said it's going to be Nadal again, because, I mean, sixteen French Opens, he's won thirteen of them. He's won one hundred and five wins, three losses. Since he started playing the French Open, he's literally lost once every six years. At the French Open. Once, at the French Open, wow. he's one hundred and five and three. Wow. It's it's the most ridiculous stat ever. Um, so I picked him to win it again. I was like, look, if he's going down, I'm going down with the ship, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Djokovic got him. It was a close one. He just he played better. Um, but I thought coming in, I said, if Nadal doesn't win, it's going to be Tsitsipas, the kid from Greece, because he's the one on the rise. And out of the about three top young guys that are on the rise, and out of those three, he's the best on clay, right? Okay. So – Gets to the final, he plays Djokovic. He's up two sets to love. Wow. He's he's dominating Djokovic. And Djokovic looks like 
he's completely gassed. He's got nothing in the tank. You know, he's stumbling. And this is the shit that gets me with Djokovic because we've seen it for years. He used to do it a lot when he was younger. Yeah, he'd be in the middle of a match. All of a sudden, he'd hit the ball, like, directly into the bottom of the net. Or he'd be getting ready to hit a shot, and he'd just lose his footing out of nowhere. It was just, just all this weird shit. And then he'd just turn the match around. And it just it seemed so unnecessary because he was always good enough to beat anyone. Do you think it, do you think it's like a hustle, like a like a, a hustle thing for him? I, I definitely think it's a hustle. I think you know after he lost those first two sets, was he a little tired? Yeah, you're gonna be tired if you if you've just played yeah, Nadal two days two days before. You know what I mean? That's like running through a brick wall. But that hang dog and just looking like if you looked at his eyes, he looked like he was completely gone. Interesting. And, and he's playing a, a young kid from Greece, 22 years old, first time in a Grand Slam final. And he's thinking, holy shit, I got the world number one in a hole, and I'm about to win my first major title. Greece has never had anybody ranked this high. They've never had a, a, a tennis champion. So this guy is about to be the king. And he let up just a little bit. Damn. Damn. And Djokovic, Djokovic having won 18 Grand Slams before, he's held the number one ranking longer than any man in history. He, he left them just a little bit of opening, and then he won that third set, and you saw a little worry on the kid's face, right? Then he lost the fourth set, and he was scared to death. When he lost the fourth set, he lost the match. It was over yeah. then. He, was, he, he wasn't winning. It just because at that point, even though Djokovic may have been physically tired, at that point, it was it was a battle of the minds. It was a mental game. And yeah. he had nothing for him. Damn. Nothing for him. And, you know, when it's all said and done, Djokovic, number 19, he's won every Grand Slam at least twice. No no man has ever done that. I he's going to come back. You give, him, you give him that little window, he's going to make a comeback. You know, I mean, all the greats are like that. If you give – they don't quit on points. No. They don't – you know, that's what makes them great. Like, yeah. you never hear a crowd louder than when the guy that was down two sets – and a break or a guy that was down match point in the third set comes back to win the match. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? That yeah. match went like four hours the other day and I was just glued into that couch going, please don't let this motherfucker win again. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I can't stand it. Like I'm just, I'm partial to the other two. And this rival, that's the other thing. You rarely see a three way rivalry actually work. Like, Federer, 20 Grand Slams. Nadal, 20 Grand Slams. Djokovic, 19 Grand Slams. Like, yeah. everybody. And Federer, Federer was ahead of them for a long time. For a long time. For a long time. And, you know, I mean, Nadal's won 13 at the French alone. Like, that'll, that'll catch you up in a hurry. And, like, they've all beaten each other in the biggest. Yeah. Biggest moments, biggest tour. It's just, it's the, Djokovic has the edge over Federer. He's got a, two match he and Nadal have played 59 times and I think it's like uh was it th- no not 30 29 it's or whatever but he's you know 50 he's up times there he's up there ahead of him up he's up too I can't do math right now that that's, that's <laughs> it's math. too late it's late there it's late there. 31 3128 yeah or three matches but like they've played almost sixty times, and there's only like two matches between them. You know what I mean? One guy's yeah. only won two more times. Um, but that's really what's kept the game alive for the last decade and a half. 
was Federer snatching it from, you know, the older like guard. A little round around, yeah. And then dominating until Nadal came. Yeah. You know, and even when Nadal first came, it was, you know, well, if they play on clay, Nadal's going to win, but Federer will get him every... And then Nadal... Started coming out of there nowhere, yeah. A, a kid from Spain? Yeah. Who's all of a sudden winning Wimbledon? Like, you know, when I was growing up, anybody from South America, like, the top players from South America, they'd skip Wimbledon. They'd say grass is for the cows, and they wouldn't bother playing. Yeah. So... To see so many uh, so many players so good on different surfaces is really exciting. Is there any is there any U.S. player that's coming up? A men's USA player that's coming up? Like okay, that that's a great question. Because I feel like it's been it's been so long since there's been was it's been since Sampras? No. So the last American last American man to win a Grand Slam was Roddick. Oh, that's o- right, Andy Roddick. O three. So the last two. O three was the last year. Agassi at Agassi was thirty two. Won the Australian in O three. Roddick won the U.S. Open at the end of that year, and then like O four, late O four is where Federer just took over the game. So yeah, the last time a, a, a yeah an American man won a Grand Slam was Andy Roddick. That was 04. Yeah, I remember that because that was he had like he had a small window. It was like a small window. He was successful. Everybody was hoping he'd be the next guy. He was the t- he was on the tail end, like right when Agassi was about to retire, and that I mean that U.S. Open he got was in his. I think Roddick was pro like two years at that point. It was really early in his career, and you know it looked like just as Agassi was on his way out, Sampras had retired the year before. Just as Agassi's on his way out. And mind you, Agassi's still making Grand Slam finals in 05 in his last full year on tour. But it looked like, okay, Roddick's the natural, you know, S- the, the successor. But Roddick had to play against Federer, like like young, yeah. prime Federer, the, like his whole career. And it just, man, he, he, he would have, Roddick would have won a, at least three or four more Grand Slams, if not for having to deal with Federer. Crazy. Fucking crazy. All right, let's switch it over. Let's switch it over real quick. I want to talk a little wrestling. Oh, wait, let's talk about let's talk women's tennis real quick. Are we okay? Oh, yeah. I'll make, let's talk about women's tennis real quick. I'll make it quick. Um, the women in America, it looks a lot better. Um, well, yeah. You have um, Sloan Stevens, um, 2017 U.S. Open champion. Yeah. Um, Madison Keys. Um, Coco Goff, that's the that's the one everyone's looking at. Um, she's got she's got everything, and she's got a really she's got the next she's like the next Serena. They feel right. I mean, that's a lot to put on. It's a lot to put on someone. The next the next really big American star, yes. And she seems like she's got a you know good support system around. She's only seventeen. Yeah. Um, got a good support system around her. Her parents travel with her. That's good. You know, making sure she's not playing too many tournaments, but. Yeah, that's the one to look at. What about Naomi? Na- Naomi Osaka is she American or she can she go Japanese American? She plays out of Japan. She's Japanese and Haitian, and she when she plays, she represents Japan. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, she's she's something special. She's too. she's incredible. She is absolutely she, incredible. Yeah. When 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 she she's got the kind of game when she's on, can't oh, touch her. Yeah. It's. Yeah, they, I felt bad. She played Serena in Australia this year, and she bullied her. 
it looked like what young Serena used to do. Who do you think would be better in their prime, Serena or this or Naomi? Uh, it's not a fair question, but based on the body of work, which you know, Serena's got a lot Serena. more. Yeah, Serena. I've never seen anything. I've which was crazy because I feel like for a minute there, well, it wasn't for a minute, for a while, Venus was the favorable sister. She was early, and then when Serena got going in 02, it was over. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, there's no, the game's never, the game hasn't seen anything like her. She, she's the greatest ever on the women's side. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, I want to couple, I just want to talk, I want to cover wrestling because yeah. I used to be, enamored and like I used to love wrestling that was like one of my favorite things and I feel like as I got older especially moving on the west coast I didn't I wasn't able to catch raw live even though because it they they played yeah. they played here on the on the west coast when it's supposed to air like normal time like seven eight o'clock at night and that always drove me crazy and it's that like I feel like with the yeah and because with the invention of social media and everything it's like well I'm just gonna go online and see what people are talking about and that's yeah. in, in that realm rather than but even then I just got busy with work and I, I I feel like wrestling has I mean it's created this big there's been a huge boom you know it, it's it's been a great great progression to see but I feel like there are other leagues I should say or what do you want to call them conference that companies, are, companies thank you that have promotions that yeah. are doing better than WWE um, or is WWE always going to be there and it's just like you know people will get close to it WWE is always going to lead and everybody else will follow um, they are such they're the, they're the NFL is, they're the yeah. NFL of, of their right. sport but I mean, Vince McMahon has really turned it into an entertainment company that just features wrestling as its main its main piece. I mean, when you see that he's taken it to a level where he could sell the rights to Peacock for five years for a billion, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just a five year deal, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's more than just running a wrestling company. And what's happened is because he's he's still the guy that signs off on everything. How old is he he's now? Still, is he in his 70s, 80s? 76, 75 or 76. Wow. wow. Um, but still, you know, from all accounts, works out like a fiend every morning and you know, he looks tired. listen, he looks he looks fueled. But the thing is he's so obsessed with entertainment that he's kind of lost the plot on wrestling and it's alienated a lot of fans a lot of the silly stuff that they put on tv so then when you have a new company like aew come and they've got a lot of money because they're backed by the the con family that owns the jacksonville jaguars and they've got you know wednesday night programming on national tv on tnt you know people get excited they say oh kind of reminds them of wcw when they were going head to head yeah, yeah. I, and, I, and I remember WCW was great for a long time. Nitro, Monday Night Nitro, that was, Nitro I watched that more Raw's than Raw. Ass. Nitro kicked Raw's ass for 83 weeks. It's the only time Vince McMahon's ever been scared. And he ended up turning his company around and presenting a fresh product with people like new stars like Steve Austin and The Rock. Yeah. And a combination, think about that. You had the ascent of Steve Austin and The Rock and you had it at the same time. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? That's like yeah. two generational talents, and they just happen to come along at the same time. And that's what turned it around. And WCW ended up going out of business, and Vince hasn't faced any real competition since. Yeah. But people are excited about AEW because they do have a lot of money behind them, and they have national television exposure. So. Well, you said something, something out there for everyone. You said something interesting about like why WWE fans are being turned away. And you said it's become more of a, you said, was it a spectacle? Was it something like, um, like it's just too comedic or are you yeah, saying, or it, just it, too outlandish is I think is what you said. I can't remember exactly, but way too outlandish. So like how, how so, thing. because I'm, I'm just curious because to me, like, I think what I love about wrestling is that it's always been that way. It's always been this, this. Uh, bigger than life theatrics. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I and with athleticism and and I love that. I love that. So I'm curious as like how it's become that way. Listen, what happens is, and and a lot of what made it great is some of the over the top stuff, right? But we got to a point years ago where our intelligence just kept getting insulted like everybody knows it's a work that it's entertainment but you don't have to beat the viewer over the head with it every single time um it, you know like for instance with wwe they, they've got this storyline right now with one of their uh women wrestlers alexa bliss she's one of the most popular um popular females they have um and she's doing an angle where she's kind of like this possessed kind of demon almost you know, she has when she when she comes out, they have a set for her. It's like a swing set, and she swings. She sits on the swing and she swings while talking to a doll that looks exactly like her. So, I'm all for giving some crazy shit a chance, right? But that's too it, much. It's when it's when someone so they air a segment where someone was mean to her early in the day. So during that person's match, she's stand, she's sitting on the stage watching that person's mouth, watching that person's mouth. Match. Match. Watching that person's match, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she gives a hard look at the person, and the person just goes down in agony, right? Like she cast a spell on her. Or then, you know, all of a sudden, she stares at her and throws a you know, fire, just starts shooting from places. And then they, they closed last week's show with she wasn't haunting the girl. The doll was haunting the other wrestler. And this was Shayna Baszler, who's an MMA fighter who turned WWE wrestler. She's running from a doll. She's running through the backstage area. It's clear she's being followed by a cameraman because we're all watching it. And she's opening, you know, doors won't open. And finally she goes in to one room and she shuts the door behind her. So it's obvious that the cameraman has been in the room waiting for her to come in. And then she's standing there and she looks in a mirror and she sees the doll. And then the lights go out and she's screaming. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? Bad, like, theatri bad theatrics. You want to put out horror movies, just put out horror movies. But like, <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes didn't bleed so that I could see Lily the doll like scare an MMA fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Look, The Undertaker used to scare me when I was a kid. I get it. But, like, it wasn't that insulting. Like, you know what I mean? It was like. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. I thought a choke slam and a pile driver hurt. Later found out it actually does. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah. 
he ch- he choke slammed a guy and then put him in a body bag and they took him away. Okay, haha. You know what I mean? It's like, but like somebody like doing voodoo from across the room and like I'm gonna look at you and give you a leg cramp and like. Yeah, it's it's too much. It's too much. It's I get that. It's totally too much. Is guys that- were throwing tomatoes at other guys during their match a couple weeks ago, and it's just like, what the f- like? Are you trying to like piss people off? Like the all I kept thinking was like, you know, I want to throw a tomato at the screen because, you know, a tag team is in the ring wrestling, and a tag team that they're feuding with is also on the outside, and to distract them, they're throwing tomatoes at each other, like. It's 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 not I don't know. I I think that's why I haven't watched a lot of the wrestling lately. It's I feel like every time I tune into Raw, we're not getting as many matches as we used. Not much action as it used to be. It's more talk talk talk, which I get. It that's part of that's part of it, but it's 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 poor acting. It's not as believable. It's not as interesting as it was. The talking that you and I liked was was when Steve Austin was told, hey, here's what we need you to get across to the fans, and we need you to make sure that you sell the pay-per-view this Sunday, so put it in your own words. And Steve Austin would go out there and say whatever he wanted, but he'd get all those points covered. Yeah. Nowadays, they hand every piece of talent a script. Yeah, that's too scripted. You can can tell. Like There have been people that work there, and, you know, after they've been released, they've been on Twitter, and it's like, I can tell you who wrote that promo. Because they knew the writer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Huh. And like talent can't shine when you don't let people do what they do. This is art. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, totally. It's it's not like a movie. It's not like a movie because like no real movie director would write that shit. <sighs> it sucks, man. It sucks because I feel like there's a lot of good. I mean, I really want to watch like, you know, I feel like even like WrestleMania this year wasn't as hyped as it's been in the past, you know. I actually went. Oh, that's right. Um, I, yeah, that was your little sneak out. That was one of your little sneak outs. That was, listen, they said it was a third capacity. It was it was t- in Tampa, right? It was in Tampa because no one in Florida gives a shit. COVID's never been real there anyway. But I was just like, look, if I don't get out of the house for a couple of days and do something I like, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm vaccinated. I'll put, a, I'll put eight masks on. I'm going. I love it. And I went. You know, it was outdoors. They, you know, it was only the place seats like seventy thousand. It was only twenty thousand people there, or whatever. And it was just, it was just good to feel that, yeah, that rush. So, was but, it good? It was good. I mean, it, like honestly, there was one match I didn't like, but at that point, I had been in the house so long they could have wheeled out a barrel of dog shit, and I would have cheered for it. it was <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like Bad Bunny wrestled a match. Yeah, I heard that. But Bad Bunny apparently moved to Orlando before for, and, and lived there for four months, didn't record any music and trained every single day. And it looked like it. So he took it seriously. So that was good. I'm like, OK, I saw him perform, um, you know, the, the entrances, the pyro, the flyover, all that stuff. It was just good. It was just good to be back in the event. But um, I'll make a last point about WWE. Um, their NXT show on Tuesday nights is really the project of Triple H. And even though he was a part of, you know, DX and they did a lot of crazy and vulgar stuff or whatever, he is a wrestling purist at heart. Mm -hmm. And there is a marked difference between Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and the NXT show where, and the difference is Vince McMahon. 
Interesting. So on NXT, you're still seeing storylines of, you know, this person doesn't like this person because of this stupid reason or whatever. But it all comes down to the athleticism in the ring. And it's it's really for like for like the wrestling fan. I like that. I should check so, that out. I've, I've always seen promos from it. It's just like I never got a chance to check it out. And I know that like a lot of the current superstars like um, uh, what's his name? Um, Bryant. Didn't he come from uh, next? Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he he, he was. Um, no, he was in a group called the Nexus. That was a different kind. Oh, uh, okay. It take three hours to explain that, but um, it's gotten so good that people that have been called up to the main main shows, Raw and SmackDown, asked to go back to NXT. Wow. Okay. Because you're allowed to explore your creativity more, and it's more about about the wrestling. Look, the hope is whenever I'm not wishing death on anyone, but whenever Vince McMahon is no longer running the company, I hope that it is left to uh, his daughter, who's married, who's married to Triple H, married to Triple H, because then he would be the one that would take over creative. That's long been that's long been the uh, succession plan, but as of recently, it seemed like Vince McMahon might be preparing to sell the company. Oh, interesting which I, I hope not. I think that would be a mistake. I think wrestling people need to run wrestling companies. Yeah, I agree. Otherwise, it becomes too – it just doesn't become what the, what the product is. If you can have all the money in the world, if you don't know the product, if you don't know, if you don't know wrestling, you're going to put out a shit product. I agree. Dude, I want to say thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. We haven't talked like this in a minute, and I'm going to call you after yeah. – Oh, I'll call you later this week, dude. We got to catch up more, man. This is this was good. I enjoy. It. Thank you so much for your insight. That was helpful with tennis. That was helpful with wrestling because I I love those things. I just haven't been involved in in yeah. watching it. You know, I um. But I have fun doing this. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, man. I, I definitely want to have you back on again. Many calls, Zach. I don't get many calls. <laughs> oh yeah. Before I let you go. Uh, before I let you go, let me ask you this. I ask every guest I come on. Uh, and I know your. I feel like I know your answer because you're from uh, the tri-state. Is how do you feel about pineapple on pizza? Um, I do that shit all the time. Oh, totally did not think that. I totally did not think you would say pineapple all on pizza. The time. Bro. What? I should have started with that question first if I knew this. What do you bro. mean all the time? How can you like that? Come my on, best, G. My my best friend who, who who he's in Florida now. Um, but like when we would just feel like just like bro, just come over, let's eat, let's be fat, let's play video games, and just be disgusting. Like the pineapple and bacon on pizza was like when I want to really feel shitty about myself, pineapple and bacon pie. So like multiple slices. I mean, okay. I mean, I kind of I, I see the correlation of feeling shitty and eating pineapple on pizza because it's shitty, but like to like no, it. No, but it tastes great, bro. Because it cheered. <laughs> see what I did it there? You see what right I did up. there? Yeah. Uh, wow, God, I didn't it think. Cheered me right up. Oh, it's so good. Damn. I did not. I did not know that question was coming. Yeah, I, I usually ask. I ask it everyone. Um, and I really thought your answer was going to be no because I thought like me, you're a pizza purist from from the tri-state. And I always, I always bash people for pineapple right, on pizza. I am too. That's that is interesting. I, I say pineapple pizza was started by, and I know it was started in Canada, but I say it was started by the Papa John's and Domino's of the world, and that's it's it's from the you know Midwest area where that's all they get is that type of pizza. They don't have the pizza that we got when we were growing up in Jersey. 
You know? I mean, listen, if it helps, I mean, when I order it, I'm ordering from like a real pizza place. They're just putting this shit on for me. Like, I can't eat Domino's. I, can't I mean, it, I guess. <sighs> like, I mean, Domino, obviously, if the weed's good, right? But, like, yeah, of course. Well, if the I weed's mean, good and you're no, if you have nowhere else to go, yeah. Yeah, and it's one o'clock and you're crying. So, <laughs> yeah, I get right. that. I get that. Yeah. Wow. All right. Wow. This, this, this took a turn. Yeah. Wow. Like, I, I tell you what, the whole two hours that were whatever that we've been on here, like I didn't really feel like like it was a real conversation until the pineapple question. Really? You didn't feel it was a conversation? So, wow, okay. Well we should just start no, the fucking thing over. Just talk about pizza no, for fucking an hour. Shit. It, it just if no, there's just there's some validation in being asked that question. Like I feel like important as fuck, right? Like <laughs> Like, well, you are first of all, you are important you, as fuck. Regardless of the pizza, regardless of the pineapple on pizza uh, question, you are important true. as fuck. You know. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it just like to be asked that, and I got to give an opinion, and not only that, you hated it. Like to like, I should I should just ask you. people questions all the time, and they'd be like, "That's stupid." Yeah. What do you mean you like tennis? Yes, like the the dopamine rush I got. Oh my goodness! Wow. And like well, I said, here, look at this. Like I said, not, not a single missed call. These are all sports notifications. <laughs> so, so that's great. Well, my man, I uh, I appreciate. Like I said, I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, go order yourself a pineapple pizza, please. <laughs> Enjoy no, that. Some some nasty uh, keto ice cream downstairs that I'm about to go polish off while watching the blacklist. Mm. So keto ice cream well enjoy that my man uh i will talk to you soon we'd love to have you on again in the future uh probably like during you know when the um when fucking survivor series or royal rumble shit comes up because those are i love SummerSlam, but uh those are survivor series and royal rumble are always and and those are always for some reason in my mind the rumbles the rumbles is great the best but dude anytime bro i appreciate it i'll talk to you later man sounds good take care see you man be good bye andy